You know, Brother Michael had been trying to get us, to, uh, everyone, to uh, get the pamphlets and start reading through the Bible. No, uh, and it's a very good thing. But this verse, uh, this song right here, one day, it tells just about the complete uh, story of Jesus Christ from his birth to his death and to his uh, resurrection and uh, him, him coming back. So listen to the words, all four uh, verses of the one day.
give you a moment this morning to uh, begin finding your ways to Lamentations. Uh, Bull should have it looked up. I told him the other day I was preaching out of it, and he said, well, you're going to have to give us a little time to get there. But it's right after Jeremiah. Uh, Lamentations was spoken or written by the prophet Jeremiah, and... Um, Probably one of the most um, studious messages I've ever had to preach. Uh, as I was looking at this, uh, there's just something here. I believe every book in the Bible has a message for us, and we can learn from it and glean from it. And um, as I was looking at the book of Lamentations, I, I hadn't ever preached out of it. And I thought, well, I need a challenge every now and then. Uh, but if you will, uh, let's stand this morning as we read God's Word. Uh, the, the first few verses that we're going to read, we're just going to kind of open the scene to what's going on here in Lamentations. So we're going to start out in Lamentations 1 and read uh, verse 1 through verse 5. How doth the city sit solitary that was full of people? How has she become a widow? She that was great among the nations and princes among the provinces. How has she become tributary? She weepeth sore in the night and her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers she hath none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They are become her enemies. Judah is gone into captivity because of affliction and because of great servitude. She dwelleth among the heathen. She findeth no rest. All her persecutors overtook her between the straits. The ways of Zion do mourn because none come to solemn feast. All her gates are desolate. Her priests sigh. Her virgins are afflicted and she is in bitterness. Her adversaries are the chief. Her enemies prosper. For the Lord hath afflicted her. For the multitude of her transgressions, her children are, among, are gone into captivity before the enemy. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Dear Lord, just thank you for allowing us to come out and study your word. Dear Lord, just thank you for uh, the book of Lamentations and what we're going to glean from it this morning, dear Lord. Dear Lord, just help uh, every listening ear to realize that we are people called to be holy. We are people called to be godly and to show a light into the world that we live in. Dear Lord, just forgive us all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. Just to look back a, a little bit to see where we're coming from. Lamentations is a book of Jeremiah lamenting over the captivity of Israel. And he's talking about this once predominant nation is now in captivity and, and nothing is the same. And, you know, my title this morning for the message is when God's people act as if there is no God, you get these type of results. Israel was called to be this holy nation. Israel was called to, to be a, a people that represented God throughout the world. And when they failed to do that, this was their outcome. And we as Christians here this morning, we are called to be a holy people. We are called to represent Christ into all the world. 
And some of the things going on in our nation today, I can see and relate so clearly back to this passage. And I want to share that with you this morning. If you will, turn over just a couple of pages to Lamentations 4, and this will be our main text this morning. Lamentations 4, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2. It says, How is the gold become dim? How is the most fine gold changed? The stones of the sanctuary are poured out in the top of every street. The precious sons of Zion, comparable to fine gold. How are they esteemed as earthen pitchers, the work of the hands of the potter? You see, the first concept I want us to take out of this is when people act like there is no God, we become less than what we were created for. Lamentations portrays the sons of Zion, Israel, uh, as this pot or as this vessel made of gold. And that's what they were supposed to be. They were supposed to be this beautiful thing of great price and a masterpiece of exceptional design. But because of their sin, they had become an earthen vessel. Some of our Bible translations translate that as a clay vessel, but I really like that word earthen because that describes us. It describes something that went into this earth and and maybe it once was of pure gold, but now it's taken on the resemblance of this earth, the resemblance of this world. And when people leave and stray from God's Word and they leave and stray from their purpose in this life to honor and glorify God, they just look like the rest of the world. Genesis tells us a little bit about how we were created. In Genesis 1.27, here we see, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He, Him, male and female. Created He, Him, them. And here's the thing about that. We were created in the image of God. We were created to honor and glorify Him to be a representation on this earth of who He was. But because of our sins, we've just become earthen vessels. We've just, we've fallen short of that. I thought of something that could, I could relate this with. And, and I have a beautiful yellow lab. If none of you have ever seen it, just a beautiful yellow lab. And that yellow lab, when he is clean and in his peak of perfection, he represents a beautiful breed of dog. But whenever I let him out during the rain and he goes and he wallers in the mud hole, (laughs) who knows what color he is. That's exactly the way it works with us. When we leave what God has intended for us to do, when we wallow in the ways of this world, who knows what we're supposed to represent? Who knows who we belong to? As Christians, we need to realize that we are created in the image of God. As Christians and putting our faith in Christ, we need to... Realize what Ephesians 2 and verse 10 tells us. Ephesians 2 and verse 10 states that for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, 
which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. See, God created man for a purpose. And when we put our faith into Christ, we become a workmanship and we are created to work or do good works. Good works are supposed to be a part of our identity, a part of who we are as Christians, because this was the identity we were created for. And we can't find full purpose in that until we find Christ Himself. But not only do we become less than what we were created for, our morals become tainted. If you will, skip back to our text in Lamentations 4 and look at verse 3. Even the sea monsters draw out the breast. They give suck to their young ones. The daughter of my people has become cruel like the ostriches in the wilderness. To basically sum this up, Jeremiah brings out how mothers in Israel wouldn't feed their young. He refers to the ostriches and he refers to this thought that we capture from Job 39. And in Job 39, uh, verse 13 uh, through 15, he says, uh, Give us thou the goodly wings unto the peacocks or the wings of, and feathers of the ostrich, which leaveth her eggs in the earth and warmeth them in the dust. And then he, Job goes on, well, and forgetteth that the foot may crush them or that the wild beast may break them. He, he talks about these ostriches and, and basically the research that comes up on this is the ostrich will lay its eggs in, in the warm sand and let the heat incubate, incubate the eggs. And the ostrich really doesn't care or, or show any care for someone stepping and crushing on them or anything like that. And and this is what Jeremiah describes as happening here in Lamentations. He describes mothers just leaving their child to raise themselves or or rather leaving their child to to fend for themselves. Oh, but then we skip down to Lamentations 4:10. And it says the hands of the pitiful woman have sodden their own children. They were their meat. The destruction of the daughter of my people. Whoa. All of a sudden we read on down that women were actually birthing these children and then cooking them and eating them. And to most of you here, that sounds really far-fetched. But then we look at our world today. And we, we justify the killing of babies with medical research. And what's the difference? We're in the same state they, they were. But when it comes to killing unborn babies, we just look at that and we're like, ah, we don't do that. And I'm of, I'm of the opinions that our world and the morals in it have become tainted. Because godly people do not act as if there is a God. This is where our world is. This is what it's coming to. 
And so-called Christian nation has no morals at all. Another verse that I'd like us to look at. And the reason for us having this neglect of morals, I believe, is because we fail to have a healthy fear of who God is. Proverbs 8, and I think this is wrong in your bulletin, but Proverbs 8, 13. It says, the fear of the Lord is the hate of evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. You see, when we fear God, not only do we fear evil, but we fear or not fear, but we hate Evil, and we hate the way of evil. A healthy fear is what this world needs. Godly people who act as if there is no God do not have this proper fear or reverence of who God is. If we feared God, we would not do these things. Where there is no fear of God, we accept like the Israels did, Israelites did. In Joshua. Two times in Joshua it says there was no king. And the Israelites did that which was right in their own eyes. They just looked out and said, oh, that seems right. I mean, logically, doesn't it make sense that we take unborn babies, kill them, and use it for medicinal purposes? That may seem right to the rest of the world, but God's word tells us it's not and we need to stop. God's Word tells us that, hey, this is something we don't need to do. And when we come to the point where we fear God enough to obey His commandments, and it doesn't even take a fear, the Bible states that to love God is to obey His commandments. When we love Him, we'll obey Him. And when we come to the point where we are a so-called Christian nation and we fall on our knees because we reverence the God that we serve, these things will stop. They did that which was right in their own eyes. And I believe that is a summation of what's going on in America today. When Christians look and act like the rest of the world, there's no one setting the example for godly morals. Another passage that I wanted to look at this morning is in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1 and 15. I love this verse. It says, But as He which hath called you is holy... So be you holy in all manner of conversations. Who's our example? If we're supposed to be setting an example to the rest of the world, who's our example? The God of the Bible. As He is holy and as He has called us to follow after Him, we should be holy ourselves. How do we get great morals? We take them from the Bible. We take them from what His Word says. You can look at the Ten Commandments. You can look at the rest of the law and see exactly the specifications for what holy is. And as we love Him, as we grow in love with God, 
We become holy ourselves. And whenever we become holy, morality is not an issue because we have the standard of morality in holiness. One of the third things that happens when godly people, or God's people rather, act as if there is no God, people stop believing. And this is what frightens me the most. Because moral corruption can take over this earth. And guess what? A light shines brightest in the darkest place. But whenever there's a point when people stop believing. That's scary. And I want to take this passage in Lamentations 4 and, and point you to a point. In verse 12. It says... The kings of the earth and all the inhabitants of the world would not have believed that the adversary of the enemy should have entered into the gates of Jerusalem. You say, well, what does this have to do with salvation? Let me unfold it for you just a moment. There was a point in Israel's time when nobody would dare step foot in Jerusalem. When nobody would dare go to Israel and try to fight because they respected the God of Israel. One of the points that I think about is Solomon during his reign. The Bible clearly unfolds for us that many nations around him respected the wisdom of Solomon. And I believe it's because of that wisdom that Solomon had such peace throughout his reign. Because godly people stood up and said, Solomon in particular here, that, hey, I I am influenced by the God of this world rather than the God of myself. And he took that wisdom and had peace throughout the nation. Another point in history that I think about is when the spies hid out in Rahab's house. Rahab looked at them and said, our hearts melted At the thought of Israel coming to invade us. We were ready to flee. We were ready to run before Israel because we were scared. We'd heard about how you crossed the Red Sea. We'd heard about how God provided for you over and over again. But here in Lamentations, the people stopped acting as if God existed. And now... As Jeremiah points out, this is a past tense thing. Israel's already been invaded. The temple's already been destroyed and cast about upon the streets. Why? Because people stopped acting like there was a God. You see, how does this relate to us? When people of God realize and act like God is in control, people pay attention. When If this church, if we went out and we told the world, hey, God's in control of this. Hey, you've got a medical problem. I know who's in control. Hey, you've got a financial problem. I can tell you who's in control. Hey, you've got an addiction problem. I can tell you who can conquer that. The world would know who God was. 
But we try every other answer to solve our problems except running to God. And I believe that is the exact same thing that happened here in the book of Lamentations with Israel. They thought they could do it themselves. They thought they could do good things by what made sense to them instead of what made sense in the Bible. And they did every other thing but put their faith in God. Romans ten seventeen. probably most of you are familiar with this verse. It may seem like it doesn't relate. But I want to explain it to you in Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One of the best ways to tell people that God exists is to share his word. To share his word with all the people around. Because faith, believing, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God is what Romans ten seventeen clearly puts out to us. But when God's people act as if there is no God, they stop reading the Bible. They put the Bible on the shelf when they go home from Sunday church and they never look at it. If God existed, and He does, we should read His words to us. We should take this Bible home and say, I need to find out exactly what He wants from me. I need to find out exactly what my purpose is in this life. And it's right here, written in these words. How will the people believe? People believe in God and act like He exists when they share His Word, when they study His Word. I believe in Jesus Christ. And He's coming again. I believe He's coming For me, in spite of how wicked and how evil this world ends up. But I think as I read Lamentations, God deserves His people to stand up and to represent Him in the world we live in. I put my faith in Jesus Christ when I was seven years old, and I know He's coming back for me. And I want to ask you this morning, have you done that? Because here's the thing. I can stand up, and I can be a light for Christ in this evil world, but I need people to help me. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ enables us to represent Him here on this earth. In everything that we say, everything that we do, He enables us through His Word to tell people about Him. I don't know about you this morning, but as I was getting ready for this sermon and I was thinking about having to put together a PowerPoint, the first thing that came to mind was a big caution sign. Because if you don't read these words here in Lamentations and see the world here around us today, you need a big caution sign. This is where we're headed. But as a Christian, I have one thing. That is hope. 
And I believe that Christians can change the world we live in. And I believe, just like Israel, and so many times before, when they turned their way back to God, He healed their land. And He can do that for us this morning. He can do that for us in this community. He can do it for us here in this world if Christians will simply stand on their faith in Jesus Christ. As we get ready for a hymn of invitation this morning, I want to ask you, do you stand up for your faith? Do you have faith at all? This morning may be the morning that you need to put your faith in God and realize that, hey, He sent His Son to die for me to take away my sins. And everything that I thought was right isn't right because of His book and what it tells me. If you need to make those decisions this morning, I hope you come as we sing.